Hello, everybody, and welcome to tonight's episode of Rise Up, Ignite Your Life, the Battle to Be podcast. And I'm your host, Krista Fee, in case you don't know me. And I'm really excited tonight because there are a couple of really cool <clears throat> anniversaries for Battle to Be happening. And uh, my guest tonight was a part of one of our firsts. So we just passed the anniversary of the loss of our very first mission, Johnny William Lawrence of the NYPD. <clears throat> he was the very first plaque that we sent out, the very first family that we connected with. And he was in many ways the motivation for this program. So it's it, it was very surprising to me to realize that we have now come onto that anniversary, but we'll also be doing some things to remember Johnny. Uh, his his precinct is doing some things to remember him. So we will be making some announcements for how you can see uh, more about his life, more about his story, more about the wonderful things that his family is putting into place to ensure that he is honored, respected, and remembered forever. So that is all coming up. And the September 11th, events, which was when we did uh, the ride to remember for Johnny is also coming up and we will be a part of that again this year as well. So there's a lot of big anniversaries for us. This is essentially marks our one year of existence uh, doing the Battle TV program. So we want to thank you all for supporting us so much on this mission and for seeing the value in what we are doing. and for continuing to help us grow. And this week we have added our first five members to our advisory board. So next year is going to be a really big year for us. And tonight on the show, I am bringing you an amazing guest who is the founder of another nonprofit organization. So we're gonna bring Chad Wallace, the executive director of Team Blue Line, to the show and Chad is the first person, well, I guess the second person because he was the second handoff, but he is the first person that we trusted to partake in a ferryman mission that wasn't on our direct team. So Chad and Michael uh, were the very first uh, non-organizational ferryman mission volunteers that, that, we, that we had and they got a plaque all the way to Washington, D.C., and it was phenomenal, and it went extraordinarily well, and we realized in that moment that that was going to work, that this was something that we could do all the way across the country. So Chad has been, he is now a friend, but he has, he was a big part of us realizing that this mission that we had, this idea that we weren't sure that you guys would understand or that you would see as being so important and so powerful. He's a big part of that becoming real for us. So please welcome Chad Wallace to the show. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am so good. I'm so happy to see you tonight. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for uh, giving me a chance to uh, be a part of this awesome awesome podcast and also getting a chance to uh, be a part of the ferryman program earlier. That was uh, pretty awesome to be able to do that going into police week. That was so big for us. That was the first one that we let out of our, out of our hands. 
because we were afraid they wouldn't get where we wanted them to go or that the people on the other end would not be able to represent us the way that we wanted to uh, be represented. And you did a beautiful job. Well, thank you. It was, it was very much of an honor to, uh, to be able to do that. And uh, it's just crazy how the, all the, all the stars kind of aligned on that one and it all worked out and we were able to, uh, to make it work. So uh, it was, uh, it was definitely special, especially for me heading into DC with the families we take care of that were going to be there um, with everything we were doing, Team Blue, I'm personally involved at Team Blue, I mean, at Police Week, to be able to deliver that and to be a part of it. I mean, it was just, it, it's something special that, I mean, I'll, I'll treasure remember. So Paladins of Justice, the Georgia chapter, and your motorcycle chapter, which yours is, go ahead and. Uh, um, I'm in Blackout LEMC. Yes. So these or these groups are law enforcement motorcycle clubs. So do you want to tell people kind of what that means? Yeah, um, LEMCs are just uh, are law enforcement motorcycle clubs, or uh, and and every club runs themselves a little different, but they're founded on uh, you know law enforcement um, giving place for people that are like minded or law enforcement only to connect with. Uh, with other people to have a place to ride, to call brothers and to, uh, and to get a chance, you know, to do neat things, to uh, do fundraising, support other nonprofits and just make an impact in their community. So I wanted to mention the law enforcement motorcycle clubs, because to be honest, they are ultimately one of the keys to our project working and they have been some of our biggest supporters. So, I want to bring to the public's attention that they even exist because a lot of people, you know, they hear motorcycle club and they don't really know what that means. So, so for our folks out there, it's an opportunity to just get something new and interesting that they might not have any, have any idea even is there for them. So always on the show, we start with going way backwards. And I know that you served as a, as a law enforcement officer, correct? Yes, ma'am. That's correct. Yeah. So what was little Chad like? What was your life before joining law enforcement? I don't know if there was ever little Chad. I think we said that earlier and I laughed. But, uh, you know, I I, uh, I grew up here. Um, I live next to the county I grew up in, Fayette County, Georgia. Um, my cousin, who was uh, a longtime uh, deputy sheriff, uh, detective, investigator, um, Captain Major worked all the way up at the Fayette County Sheriff's Office. Was always an important person in my life, so I grew up seeing him. Grew up seeing the Fayette County Sheriff's Office. All his friends were like heroes to me growing up. So, uh, you know, I didn't get into law enforcement till later in life. I, I did a lot of different things out of college, but when I joined, it uh, it just kind of clicked. It uh, it felt good. I enjoyed helping our community, being part of our community. Started off in a in patrol, and then quickly found my I uh, just I guess my niche in traffic. I uh, was part of our fatality investigation and traffic unit for many years. Uh, I served as a, a school resource officer for uh, for four out of my last five years, and uh, one year in our uh, warrant fugitive and special op division too. So I had a wide career doing a lot of different things, and and the one reason I'm out now is because I did found uh, Team Blue Line. Um, back in 2016, and uh, we could—I'm not sure how we'll weave and bob through all this—that, but that that ended up becoming my calling 
um, and took me away from law enforcement. It got to the point where um, as much as I loved being in law enforcement, I, I loved taking care of my blue family. Um, and that we, we've just seen a lot of things change since 2016. So, you know, we can, we can jump back to little Chad there and talk more if you have any questions, but I mean, I, I retired early after 15 years from the Fayette County Sheriff's office to focus full time on team blue line, which is my nonprofit. So what inspired team blue line? Was there a loss for you or an experience that really made it necessary? Oh, that's a, that, that's a great, great question. So what, what inspired me? I feel like it was a calling. I mean, a calling literally straight from God. I felt like I was called to start team blue line. Um, we, we started in a very different way back in 2016 or excuse me, 15, 2015, I was training for my first full Ironman, Ironman Maryland back in 2015. Um, and during that time I was fundraising for, um, my family's nonprofit, my, uh, sister-in-law and brother-in-law run one called just one Africa and they take care of uh, water filters, orphanages, I mean, businesses in Kenya, Africa. So I was doing some fundraising for them. And in 2015 is really when a lot of attacks started coming on law enforcement. And I started finishing all my races for a blue line with a blue line flag. So every time I, I crossed the finish line, I'd, I'd run the race with my flag. And um, just during that year, I just felt this calling saying I needed to do something for law enforcement. Of course I, that wasn't my major in college. That wasn't anything I was keen on. I was just a deputy sheriff that enjoyed doing what I did um, in Fayette County. So um, by the end of uh, 2015, uh, I really felt a calling saying, hey, it's time to have a little bit of faith and step out. And I didn't step out and leave the sheriff's office that time, but I started the nonprofit in 2016. You can see my family walking around behind me. Sorry. There's no, little- no you get randomness with me. So I sat outside and, and here we are. But in 2016, um, I just started and it just continued to pick up steam. And what motivated me was just seeing the the pain and loss of all these families that were losing people in the line of duty. And when we started Team Blue Line, you know, our major focus was on, on families of the fallen. Um, I, I had seen the impact of a uh, a guy I worked for, my supervisor, um, he was a lieutenant of mine. His father was killed in line of duty in a county next to us. I saw the impact on his family from that. I saw the impact of others around um, Fayette County when someone was killed. And it, it weighed heavy on me just because really when the calling, I felt like, why not do this? Why not try to make a difference in people's lives? So uh, within the first year, year and a half of running Team Blue Line, I really started to, to understand that there was a lot more to just taking care of the families of the fallen, being in law enforcement and seeing um, how how when an officer is injured, how workman's comp is, is really hard on them and, and how it's hard to come back or how the money disappears, especially in your rural counties or your rural cities that are not your big departments because you don't have the support like you do with some of the unions and some of the bigger cities. So these people would get injured and then they, they basically would have to take a settlement and they would they would be just kind of their lives destroyed because the one they lost their brotherhood and were kind of thrown out and and two they they didn't have the money because that's all they knew so we were just finding ways to partner with the injured as well whether getting them back on their feet to get them back into work quicker um and and then if they were out trying to find ways just to partner with them and help them with their with their bills or or whatever it was as long as it's a, a duty related injury um, we were good that our duty related 
you know, in the line of duty death. And, and we've started helping families. We kind of throw a really wide net. Um, we're not just your, your typical, uh, nonprofit. I mean, we, we have the Barry Faust scholarship program. So um, it, it's for families of, of the fallen. And it goes from from like if if your spouse was killed and and you just had a little baby, you're about to have a baby, which happens a lot. I mean, you're constantly sending of officers that are killing a lot of dude and their wives are pregnant or they just found out they were pregnant. I mean, this happened in uh, in North Carolina, excuse me, South Carolina last week, the officer that was killed in the uh, the Greenville area. We just found out like the, a day or two before that he was going to be a daddy. And um so the Barry Fowl scholarship can can cover like childcare and it can cover all the way up to college. So if a if if someone needs help in college or a spouse needs to go back to school to further a career to help their family out, you know, that's where the Barry Fowl scholarship um, comes in. I mean, we pay for for schooling in high school, middle school, elementary school too for for people that need kids in a private school cuz I mean the the stress and the trauma is real and it's messed these kids lives up because they lost a loved one and that never came back, you know, a, a loved one, a daddy, a mommy that, that went off to work and, and never came home. So the, the trauma and the real, and sometimes they need a change of environment. So, I mean, that's the Barry Fowl scholarship program. Um, we've partnered in a lot of different ways um, early in our career with different things. We had that. And then we, we just helped pay bills. Nick Touye was uh, one of the Baton Rouge officers that was shot um, back in the uh, incident in Baton Rouge. And uh, we partnered with Nick and his family and, uh, we went in with the Gary Sinise Foundation and bought a handicapped van for him. And then later on, we bought a wheelchair for Nick. And Nick just passed away uh, earlier this year. And uh, and after a long, hard-fought battle, and you know, I consider his his father. I mean, all the families we take care of become family to me. I mean, I, like I treat them how I'd want someone to treat my family. We build these partnerships and relationships, and and we tend to stay with them. And and it's for the long haul because things keep popping up. And as we continued, as Team Blue Line continued down that path, um, the one thing we really started to to kind of home in on, and I know you're big on this too, is PTSD. Because, you know, where is law enforcement really losing the battle? I mean, two years ago, three years ago, um, we had 125 um, line of duty deaths and we had over 220 commit suicide. And I mean, so we're, we're losing that battle, too. And the military's done an incredible job of dressing it. And you're starting to see law enforcement finally start to dress it. And you're starting to see peer support teams pop up. Man, I'll brag on the state of Georgia. Um, the state of Georgia has a peer support team set up through Georgia State Patrol and the uh, Georgia Bureau of Investigation. And they have a, and a team that goes out to every critical incident for first responders and to check on them and love on them, try to provide help. And they go through training for that. So you have departments and states starting to do that all over the nation. And I mean, that's incredible. So man, with the PTSD and, and, and starting to home in on that, you know, it's, it's been great to see. We provide service dogs. We provide for provide counseling if they need it, if they need help outside of what they're getting. We want to, we want to be there, you know, with PTSD, it, I mean, it's firsthand special to me because you know, I, I struggle with it. I fight it. You know, I didn't realize what was going on in me. Well, I knew what was going on, but you don't want to address it. Most people who are struggling with PTSD <clears throat> don't want to address it in their lives. You know, six months after I retired, um, the demons started calling at night. I don't know how else to put it. You know, the nightmares, the the terrors. Uh, all of a sudden, I had anxiety, and I was up and down with depression. I mean, things out of nowhere. If it wasn't for a good friend of mine who is still active at the county sheriff's office, uh, kind of calling me out and saying I need help. But I, I, it took me a year and a half to really get help from that. But it's become a personal battle of mine because I know 
how much it's affected my life and my family's life that I want to make sure that people are getting help, that that officers are able to get help because, you know, the bad coping skills will destroy a family. And we, I mean, they're all kind of bad coping. So it's just it's our mission to help with service dogs and help people find positive coping. Um, and we, we encourage that a lot through um, one of the ways we fundraise at our nonprofit. And we have Team Blue Line Racing out of Team Blue Line. So Team Blue Line Racing is made up of uh, of officers, supporters, uh, just people around the United States that race triathlons, running, cycling, obstacle courses um, to raise money for Team Blue Line. So we try to encourage people, too, that we help to hey, get involved with a race team, start Start walking 5K, start running 5K, start riding bicycles, start running triathlons, start doing obstacles, start doing CrossFit. Hey, get out and battle your demons that are coming um, with exercise because it really helps clear the mind. It helps me. I mean, like part of the reasons I, I take on all these Ironmans is, is it helps clear my mind. It, it burns the matches before I have a chance to strike them. So, I mean, it's a big therapy along with wind therapy on a motorcycle. It's always, always a good thing. But we just we're aggressive in a lot of different ways and we try to build these relationships and help. And I mean, I, I, if you got some questions on any of this too, please just, just let me know. No, I love, I've been following you guys for a little bit and I love, um, I love seeing when we have crossover, you just, you just got a dog for one of the wives of one of the families that we, that we were able to serve. So to be able to see that, that there's other support out there for them is always so amazing. And we've, we've seen other organizations too, where when the crossover happens and they're like, there's a memorial happening or something. And then the family will tag us and be like, look, there's this happening and we want you to be involved. It's, it's really beautiful for us to have the opportunity to, to know that they, they wanted us to know that, that their loved one is being honored and remembered in other ways too. And that they included us in, in some of those posts and, it's it's so beautiful to to feel that connection and to to just to know that there it becomes a network of support it becomes this like there's so much more love out there for all of us than than we realize most of the time and social media is showing us all the ugly stuff but it's also showing us people like you who are doing these beautiful things and these images of you with your flags, you know, just drenched in sweat coming in the finish line and, and the passion that's behind that and the dedication. And you can't see a picture like that and not get the message and not, not understand that this is something important. Right. So it's just this, this opportunity for us to create, create outreach that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. So it's, it's just been amazing to, to follow you for just, I would have never known about your organization had it not been for that almost accidental That's connection. Right. And so we gave our plaque to some folks that we knew uh, with the Georgia chapter of Paladins of Justice. And with the, just hold on to this, we'll figure it out, you know, a little bit later because we were on a big mission and we had some other ones to, to, to get to where they were going. And you guys met in a parking lot, right? At Bucky's. We finally got two Bucky's in Georgia and we met with the North Bucky's. I know you know all about Bucky's because uh, you're from Texas. So right. uh, I've never been there, but I know all about Bucky's. Uh, Bucky's <laughs> are my favorite. 
So we met at the Bucky's. Um, so I was heading up to police week again with team blue line. Uh, we had a lot of families that were up there um, this year. And we were also, um, we had a booth set up at tent city. Uh, we were sponsors for the, the blue gala that was there or gala. My redneck self calls it a gala, but um, uh, we were, we were sponsors for that with cops and just several things. So heading up to it, um, I was connected and, you know, we met there and I took the plaque and I was actually riding up just to get a little mental relief before heading into what all I had to do. You know, it's again, we talk about wind therapy, you know, it's real on motorcycles. I think everyone that rides will tell you, Hey, that wind therapy is real. So I had two days to ride into DC, just up through North Georgia, North Carolina, Virginia, and uh, into DC. And, you know, it was, it was through that time and just being able to reflect and, and take that. But yeah, we met in a park a lot in Bucky's and two days later, uh, we were in DC with the plaque and it took me a few days to get it into the right hands. But we, uh, we, uh, when I was set up at our booth, they had a bunch of Metro DC officers there. So I connected with one and, and asked him if he'd be able to deliver it because he was a supervisor. And he said, absolutely. And I think we sent you those pictures. So we, uh, I love mission accomplished. You no, know? I mean, for all of us. And, you know, you talked about something, us following each other and doing things. You see other people tag, but I believe in the power of networking. I think that's huge for nonprofits to network with other nonprofits because we all do something a little different and we're all special. So it's it's not about, oh, I just need donations. It's about, hey, man, let me work with them and help them or let me work with them and help them because it's for the greater cause and it's for the greater good. And and I'm huge on that. So be able to partner with y'all and, and to network and to be able to partner with like a group called the Spirit of Blue, which is uh, based out of Washington. And I mean, those are are people that become close to us and the wounded blue. And I mean, the list goes on of, of people we partner with and just continue to help each other help our blue family. And, uh, and it just, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's the power of what we do. I mean, I know it means a lot to us, but we don't really understand the impact it has on the families we help. And they may tell you that and thank you, but I don't think most people realize when they send in a check for $20 or, or someone makes a $10,000 donation or, you know, a, a $1 donation, they don't understand the impact of whether it's a dollar or I mean, $50,000, the impact it has on these people's lives because they're just giving from their heart. But you and me, we get to see on the other end of how that life is impacted from that donation. And I'm, I'm a big grizzly looking bear, but I'm a teddy bear inside. And I'll, I'll cry on you in a heartbeat when it comes to our families because, you know, I'll, I'll get texts from, from our families all the time just saying, thank you, you know, love you, we love you, and thank you for being part of our family. So... I mean, you get it, you know it, you, you get to see that in, but for all those that are watching that, that donate to, uh, to battle to be, or donate to team blue line, just, just know, man, those dollars, they mean something because it's not just going, you know, anywhere. It's going very specifically to the families we help and how we help. And we do that for both nonprofits throwing bones out there, but for both of us, because it's every nonprofit does it differently. So we couldn't do it without donations. I mean, I think that's huge. I mean, I saw at the beginning, if you'd want to become a partner and, you know, you put logos on your Jeep and everything, and that's awesome. I mean, we'll talk about the dog you just brought up. We gave a dog to Catherine Bedwell um, um, a few weeks ago. Catherine's husband was killed in line of duty in South Georgia last year. Um, and man, she's struggling with severe PTSD. She's, she's struggling with health problems and she's up and down and she's struggling. And I happened to be talking with a friend of mine named Amy Moden, who uh, husband was killed in line of duty in Colorado, was a state trooper 
in Colorado. And we were just talking about her dogs and how they're her service dogs. And I kind of clicked and I was like, Amy, am I missing something? You know, am I missing that, that we should be looking at the spouses or the, the family as well that for service dogs, are we missing the reality of that? And she's like, you absolutely are. You know, the trauma and reality of PTSD um, is just as real with, with them as survivors as it is if the officer would have been injured in the line of duty and came back. So, um, you know, Catherine Bedwell was our first survivor to receive a, uh, a service dog from team blue line. So we, uh, we're pretty excited about that and continue to, uh, get some more applications in for, uh, survivors that are looking for service dogs. Yeah. We got to, we got to do a plaque for Justin. So yeah, yeah she's, uh, <sighs> she's a close friend and, um, I mean, I think I say that about almost all the families we help. I mean, it's like, oh, they're a close friend or their family or their family. But, you know, I think as a nonprofit, if you're helping these families, that should be a goal. You know, we're we're not on my end. We're not check cutters. So it's not like, hey, I'm just mailing you a check. Do what you need to do. You know, we we're really good at six months and beyond. Like that is where I think Team Blue Line excels is we get to know these relationships and build them. And then uh, six months later, you know, when when quote, the new normal, which there's nothing normal, but it's the new way of living kicks in. We're able to really find out what needs to be done and find out how we can partner with them going forward. So, you know, it's, again, if I was killed in line of duty, this is how I would want someone to take care of, of my family as well. So how do you, how do you choose who you help? What is your process there? That's a, <laughs> So for the longest time, we're finally starting to get people to reach out to us. But basically, it's me just at first was paying attention to line of duty debts, paying attention to to articles, to the news, to social media, and then trying to go find contacts. Because in law enforcement in general, when someone calls and said, hey, I want to raise money for you, people don't believe them because there's too many scams out there. So, you know, GoFundMe's go up every day and GoFundMe's are awesome. I'm not I'm not knocking the power of a GoFundMe. But a lot of times that can come back and hurt a family later on with the taxes or with other things where, you know, as a nonprofit, we want to reach out and find ways to give directly. But, you know, we just we have we have personal contacts um, to these families. If I see something that really reaches my heart, um, kids, I've got little kids. So when when something comes out on kids, man, that, that usually tugs my heart. So we try to reach out or it just depends. But I, I do a lot of contacts. I'll call and get the power networking, what we were talking about and, um, and just call people and, and explain who we are and see how we can work with them. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but you know, we have the availability on our website, teambluelon.org. There's a, um, a page where you can go and, and you can request help. So we do have people that reach out to us through that power of a network. Again, where, where someone will be with reach out to another nonprofit and they're like, Hey, that's not how we help but let me get you to team blue line. And that's how they help. And, and we do the same thing. So it's just, how do we select families? I think we just look at the situation and we find out, and there's been some times where people have reached out and it's just not a good fit for us. We're not able to help them in the way we want to. I don't like telling anyone no, but if we look at the situation and it doesn't fit with us, we do want to try to get to someone else that it'll, it'll fit well with. Well, you guys will be on our reference page. You'll be on our resources page. So we will be adding your information. Uh, it's still in process, so we're a little behind on our website. But definitely, we will be making sure that people do have access to your information. Because, of course, for us, we signed on the document that we would not give out money 
So we clicked the wrong box basically when we were formed. So we can do, we can do things for families. It's mm -hmm. still in our purview to purchase items for a family, but we cannot give money to a family to pay bills or to you know do other things. So we have to be very careful to fall within the parameters that we defined okay. when we were created. So we do the direct PTSD work and we do courses and we do coaching and consulting and all of those kind of things, but we don't have the ability to provide resources that you have. So if I have someone that I'm working with who is struggling with post-traumatic stress, they may also be struggling with financial challenges or with medical illnesses or something like that. So we can definitely, definitely work together on getting people everything that they need so that they don't fall off after they go through their stabilization because it's so easy once people are stable to lose track of them and and to not have the outcomes that we want two years down the road so if we can give them really good solid foundations for success and for happiness oh you have a comment look at look at um we have chuck harrison chad and his team are awesome and we have andy said chandro john Dero. there you go says love you homie <laughs> and then tony tony caronda chad has personally helped me with my ptsd thank you for supporting him well those are some uh tony's a good friend of mine from from here he's in my uh in my uh, i ride motorcycles with him um you know andy i'm just laughing you know he lives about in canada and i say well canada but we call it canada and um you know, he's, he's actually a fundraiser for us. So he does a lot for us. He just put on a, uh, a, a car show up in uh, Rice Lake, Wisconsin, which you really have to look that up to find Rice Lake, Wisconsin. But um, I mean, he raised like close to $5,000 for us through a car show. And um, he's just, he's a good friend, but that's, it's, it's the wide dynamics. Cause you know, I, I mean, these people we just talked about, I mean, they're like, they're they're my friends but i don't get to see them all the time like i haven't seen andy in like two or three years but if i needed something i can call andy and he's there for me you know if i needed something tony's close enough he can come do it but it it's these people that have given and and like donated and become part of my team blue line family that are my family it's amazing to me the amount of people and i think if people are listening to hear this is how many people love and support law enforcement you know again on social media you said this all we see is hate all we hear is ah, da, 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 da. but the truth is there's so many people in this nation that love law enforcement that support law enforcement that are there from law enforcement and and for officers that are struggling and thinking man i want to eat my own gun man i want to commit suicide because everybody hates me it's a lie you know it's a lie. This nation is still made up of so many people that care and take care of of law enforcement and, and other first responders, too. I'm not not taking away from that. But I mean, as Team Blue Line, we're focused specifically on on law enforcement. So. So what is your what would be your your big final message for folks out there that don't know anything about you? Well, you know, if. I think that's a loaded question for me. I mean, I, I love, I love what I do. You know, if you're looking for an organization to get involved with, if you're wanting to find someone to partner with, man, to help law enforcement, if you're an officer struggling with PTSD and you need help, 
Go to teambluelineorg Connect with us. Man, in November, my service dog gets here. I can't wait. Can't wait for the just the small help. I mean, on my ups and downs and angers and depressions and just the the way it'll it'll alert and help me there. And there's other offices that can benefit that. You know, I'm very, very vocal and very open about my struggles because I do it because hopefully it'll help others that are struggling. I mean, I've been attacked by people that call me friends um, lately that, oh, why are you doing this? You don't need to talk about this, but yeah, I do need to talk about it because there's people that are scared to talk about it. And they're scared of people that, that are going to think worse of them because they're struggling with this. So you know, what's, what's the last thing to end on is, man, just take a look at Team Blue Line. Get a chance to get to know us. You know, if you're a triathlete, if you're a runner, if you're a walker, if you're a CrossFitter and you want to raise money by doing athletic events, man, get a hold of us. But more importantly, just just find a way to get involved and help people, you know, whether it's Team Blue Line, where it's battle to be, is make an impact in others' lives. And by doing that, it'll make an impact in your life. Because when you give to others, it'll make you feel better. I mean, it's not that we want to pat on our back or shoulder, but helping someone else will help you in more ways than you'll ever, ever know. And I know, Chris, you can agree on that one too, is, is the power to help empowers you a lot of ways too. Well, people, okay. People who get into helping professions are people who have suffered and struggled and been through some shit themselves. You yeah. don't just, you just don't choose a life of servant if that's not where you come from very often unless you have a like a family that just does that you know yeah. military follows military follows military it doesn't mean you had some trauma in your youth or there's a like this need to take care of others but for the most part those of us that serve serve for a reason it's it feels a need a need mm. to help others and that comes from knowing what suffering looks like it comes from seeing the other side so you have empathy you develop this skill to see the pain and and the wounds and the and to, but also this ability to see the other side of that the hope and the beauty and the positive outcomes that can come out of that so you have to be you want to be a catalyst you want to be involved in that transition from the that suffering to that outcome that is available because sometimes people can't see that outcome that's available so Holding that flashlight for somebody, that's one of the most amazing things that we get to do, right? Just yeah, we don't good. do anything but light the path ahead of them. And just that little light can sometimes be all that they need. So, yeah, it's helping other people is a driving force for healing. It's it's a, a way for you, no matter how much you've suffered, to see, for even for yourself, the positive outcome that's available to you and to the others that you that you help. Maybe you're not seeing that positive outcome for yourself yet, but if you help enough people find theirs, hmm. you're going to start realizing that it's there for everyone. It's good. I like that illustration of holding a flashlight for someone. That'll be that'll be used again, my friend. Um, that that's good. You know, that's real good. Well, I say we can't fix it for you. I can't <laughs> put the light into you. I, I walk beside you. That's all I can do. I can light your path that's in front of you. So you trip a little bit less. So you stumble a little less. So the pathway is more clear, but you have to choose which direction you want to walk and you have to take the steps. Now, I, I don't know. I, I'm learning more about y'all on a daily basis too and following and, and, 
you know, one of the things I'm meeting with on Wednesday this week is with a, a local nonprofit called the Eden Project, and they're based in Fayette County, Georgia, which is where I worked in Fayette County Sheriff's Office. Um, but they are, they've been specifically focused on um, veterans and they do, they do peer to peer, they do uh, mentoring and they do date nights and they're wanting to expand into first responders. And again, I'm not, there's a lot of things I'm not good at. You know, I'm, I'm good at raising money. I'm good at promoting what we do. I'm good at loving families, but I'm not a counselor. And I'm also not skilled to put on some kind of conference, although that's what I want us to be connected with. So it's, again, partnering and working. But we're meeting with the Eden Project on on Wednesday to look at putting some retreats together for spouses um, of first responders. So and I mean, we could probably go into this deeper, too, because I do know a little bit about us, but like the bad coping that almost destroys a family and learning how to work together to keep that family together is huge. So I, I'm not going to be leading that, but be able to partner with strong groups that do it and help pay for these retreats. You know, that's one of the ways we are expanding as well is you've got to keep looking for ways to help and to, to help families and law enforcement with the, with this trauma and with the stress and, to help hold that flashlight so that family can walk it out together and, uh, and not end up um, destroyed. Ooh, we have a communications connections and relationship camp, October 7th through the 9th here in Conroe. We've rented a ranch and we have a bunch of awesome, it's a choose your own adventure camp. So okay. the whole Saturday afternoon, they get to do whatever they want to. Um, we've got a bunch of little cabins that people can be in that let everything is it's meant for couples, but it's also meant for individuals who want to learn how to how to handle their relationships better. So we're hoping to get we're hoping to get some marriages on track. And um, and we are we have we have eight folks right now who are looking for scholarships for that camp. So we should definitely connect because it, it out there. Let me ask how much are the scholarships? What What is it? What is a scholarship? Camp runs a thousand dollars per person, so sure. and that covers transportation and food and housing and all of the activities and everything. So we we're looking for a corporate sponsor that wants to take on the whole camp because it'll be thirty thousand dollars to do the whole camp, but no one's bit yet, which is really shocking to me. Uh, usually that's a usually camps are one that people want to get involved in. So so we are looking for a corporate sponsor. I have to uh, scratch my brain on one, but I'll put it out this. Um, do you have a first a law enforcement officer and his wife that are needing a scholarship? Do you, do you know of any right off the top of your head? I will have to go through and see uh, what their occupations are because we didn't put it on the application because we do all, we just ask, okay. are you, are you a first responder? Well, so. I personally will say that if you, if you have a officer that's struggling with PTSD and they're going there with his, the spouse to try to improve this, that I will pay for a couple. I mean, I'll, I'll put that out there right now. So, I mean, we'll, we'll take care of it. I mean, it has to fit our criteria and that's why I'm asking this specific, but I'd love to, and I'm going to love to uh, scratch my head and look through our uh, sponsor, see if I connect you with anyone. That um, would be amazing. I would love to take care of a, uh, an officer and his, uh, his spouse um, needing help on that. So please let me know for sure on that. And let me keep trying to help you with, uh, with that. Cause that's what we got to do. We got to help each other. That's going to be, it's going to be an amazing experience. I'm really excited for it because it's my first one here. 
I've put on a lot of events, but never in Texas. So this is our first big one. So we'll see. We'll see when, how it goes. When is it in October? October 7th through the 9th. Okay. Six, seven, we, love to fly out and see it, but I think I'm going to be um, in in Hawaii at the Ironman World Championships. We've got some racers that are at the World Championship racing this year. So one that's of our, awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. But he's a... David Quinn, he's one of our consistent fundraisers. He uh, he does a lot for us. Is racing in the Ironman World Championships, and I think it's that weekend. But if it's not, I might get nosy and end up in Texas to uh, poke around and, and take a look at what you're doing because I just oh, love you would it. absolutely be welcome. I yeah, love to learn. Lots of awesome activities planned, and five different speakers coming in who are pretty world class. So it will be it will be an amazing opportunity for growth for couples. Awesome. Yeah, but we're but of course we do all first responders and military and That's and great. our police officers. So we have a little bit of a broader sweep, but um, but we only focus on the post traumatic stress situation. So we're not we're not addiction services, That's and right. we're not um, all of those other things, all of those fabulous other things that you guys are involved in. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be an amazing relationship. We are definitely going to stay in touch. I, I love chatting with you. It's always it's always awesome to hear what you guys have coming up next. And you have people doing amazing things everywhere. So, Well, we, uh, on a personal note, and with a lot of my team members, um, September 25th, um, Sunday afternoon in Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, I think there's 15 to 18 of us doing Ironman Chattanooga from, uh, from Team Blue Line. So we're going to... We're going to blow the chew, as we say it, and we're going to have a, and you're going to see blue lines flying all over that that course that day, and uh, and I'm excited about it. This will be number three um, for me, and I think it'll probably be my last because my body's tired of getting destroyed, but I'm looking forward to uh, to doing it. And we're honoring also uh, one of our uh, <clears throat> our late racers um, died of cancer. His name was Barry Faust, and Barry was an original member of Team Blue Line Racing, helped me with the nonprofit, was incredible with our kids. Our families of kids, I mean, the kids of families we helped, just incredible. So uh, we'll be uh, finishing. He, he asked me and another guy was able to do it last year to uh, do Ironman Chattanooga for him on his deathbed. So uh, finally, again, I was supposed to do it last year and had a torn knee. So I'm looking forward to doing it this year and uh, and honoring my buddy. But, hey, tune in, uh, teambluelineorg uh, Chad Wallace, uh, Team Blue Line on Facebook, Team Blue Line on Instagram. Um, get a chance to know us, follow us on social media. And you can, uh, if you're interested in doing anything I've talked about, man, just reach out. We'd love to connect. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Hey, thank All you guys out there. Don't be afraid to reach out. Hey, thank enjoy. You. Thank you again. You are so welcome. Chad is good people. He is all heart. He does what he says he's going to do. He's one of the good ones. You can absolutely trust that his organization is doing what he says he's going to do. So definitely uh, vetted, approved. We think they're amazing. We we love them. So all you guys out there listening tonight, I know sometimes it's hard to realize, but no matter how things are right now, they don't have to stay that way. No matter how much you feel like others would be better off without you, it's never true. And you are absolutely 100% worth living the life of happiness that you want, and it can happen. So there's so many of us here ready to walk with you 
ready to walk beside you, ready to support you in the journey. I'm ready to help you find the tools and the resources that you need personally to get your vision of happiness into your life. So don't walk alone. Nobody has to walk alone. Thank you so much. And battle to be out for the night.